Hello and welcome to Talk With Me. This is Marcia Epstein and I am actually with a guest today around our dining room table in our Victorian home in Lawrence, Kansas. And you're hearing us on the internet, whether it's on lawrencehits.com or who knows, iTunes, Google Play, somehow listening because fun conversations happen and formative conversations happen. Lots of different kinds of conversations happen with probably the theme that my hope is always that it sneaks in a few life lessons, brightens people's days in a way. Maybe you try something that you wouldn't have tried if you hadn't heard about it and gotten that nudge, you know. Um, to me, it's about acknowledging there's so much good stuff going on and we need all of us doing goodness, spreading kindness out into the world. And so my guests tend to be people who are involved with things that affect their communities, wherever they are, things that, that add goodness to people's lives, maybe through art, maybe through learning, maybe through activism, maybe through a combination of all of that, who knows? And today my guest is Katie Winter. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, hello Marcia. Hello everybody on the internet. And we met because of the Lawrence Arts Roundtable. That's right. So we both have some connection to art, maybe a different one than some other people do, but some connection to art and a lot of interest in Lawrence and the community, all the people here and what we can do. And so I'd like to hear a little bit just about you and then about this big project that you're coordinating. Yeah, well, um, I'm Katie Winter. I'm from Lawrence. Um, I went through all the schools here. I went to KU. Uh, in fact, I think I'm probably about fifth generation going to KU. Oh, wow. Um, and after that, I moved away for about 14, 15 years, and I'm back. So just um, in the last, probably moved back about a year and a half ago and wanted to get involved in the community, see what was going on. Uh -huh. um, and the Arts Roundtable is obviously a great place to start. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself an artist. Um, in fact, I don't consider myself an artist, um, but I do... Uh, I'm a big proponent of creative thinking and critical thinking and uh -huh. um, the arts in general. So um, that's that's what I feel my community is, even uh, though I'm not an artist. Yeah. And since we've mentioned it, I just want to tell people, Lawrence Arts Roundtable is a monthly gathering, second Wednesdays at noon. And it really is for everybody who's interested and committed mm -hmm. and has things going on with arts and culture in Lawrence. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's an open group. We currently meet at the Watkins Community Museum. I never know if I get that name right because it seems like sometimes it was called the Douglas County Historical mm -hmm. Society Museum. But anyway, that beautiful building at 11th and Mass. Um, we meet in the lower level in their big uh, meeting room. And there is a Facebook page for the Lawrence Arts Roundtable. That's a public page so you can see the meeting reminders and different mm -hmm. kinds of art events that people have posted on there. Um, it's a great opportunity to, to connect. Mm -hmm. You know, you can you could just look at it because you're interested in maybe going to something and you don't know how to find it, or because you want to be part of that that group. So, roundtable. Yeah, everybody's very very welcoming. Uh -huh. that, that 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 particular group and really actually in general in yeah. Lawrence since yeah. I've been back. So yeah. So you started going there, and since you've been back, you you have this huge educational project. I can't even imagine, because I know in, in my sphere what it's like to try to get people committed to schedules and things happening, and, and a lot of communication transpires between 
an idea mm -hmm. and something actually coming to being. Mm -hmm. And so tell us about the Lawrence Laboratory. So yeah, the Lawrence Laboratory. This is the new <laughs> education project in Lawrence. Um, I guess if I would have known probably how much coordination that it took and how much effort that I would have held off. But um, oh, I'm, I'm really glad I didn't know and I just kind of jumped into it. Um, I have two young girls, uh, well, one and three at the time that I started. Um, and this actually just started in November, um, I guess at this point, it's November 2016. So we've had uh, maybe 20, 25 classes so far. Um, and so Let's see. I'm still working on my spiel here, um, <laughs> but I'll what try to make it succinct. Yeah, we have a whole hour for you guys to <laughs> see if I can get it down. Um, but basically, we're hosting um, classes. Um, they're informal, low commitment, um, low cost, um, open to anybody in the community, um, and they're they're really they're taught by people from the community. So you don't have to be a professional teacher. You don't have to be a professional in um, the subject matter that you're teaching, you really just have to have a passion and an interest in what you want to teach. Um, so really the idea behind that is um, that, like you said, there's so much good stuff that's going on um, and a lot of it's hidden. Um, and I just want to be able to feature people in, that are doing really neat things um, in a different platform. So it's really, yeah, it's giving people a platform and a voice um, that might not have one, or maybe they do have one and just want it in a little bit of a different format. So um, when I say informal, um, most things are hands-on or discussion-based. It's not, it's not a lecture-based. Um, they're small classes, so they're very interactive. Um, also, the, the low commitment is everything is only one session. So every subject is between 60 minutes to usually 90, so hour, hour and a half. Um, and you know, in that time period, you're not nobody's going to become an expert in what they're doing. But the idea is to kind of um, introduce somebody to an idea, and then they can go out into the community and learn it, or they can learn it on their own, or they can say, "Oh, that was interesting," um, and just basically just getting people out and thinking in a different way. And um, also, there's, I mean, that that sort of format too. I think can provide for different sorts of subjects that you don't normally have in a, a more traditional or session-based. Um, so if you were, you know, if you had a session of, you know, a whole semester where you're supposed to take a class, you couldn't necessarily host a dollar bill origami class or something like that. Uh -huh. So that we have we have things that are kind of goofy like that, like dollar bill origami, um, or we had a, you know, how to write your, you know, last will and testament. So really, it, it runs the whole spectrum of. Um, Kind of highbrow, um, lowbrow, um, any anything like that. So, if you're listening and you're in Lawrence or not in the area, um, if you want to have something you want to teach, then we'd love to have you. Um, that's that's really been the best part so far is finding these people um, that have you know taken the I don't know taken the leap of faith to kind of um, say oh I'd like to teach this in, uh -huh. under the Lawrence Laboratory. Uh -huh. and, um, so yeah, that's 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 been one of my favorite parts so far. Do you have a recommended like age that that either for the audience or for the people who? Oh, that's right. It's mostly for it's for adults right now. It's I guess it would be eighteen and over. We've had some kids um, come to the class, but eventually I'd like to actually just start a kids session. Mm -hmm. Kids sessions um, that will likely be in the fall though, um, but. But I think also, I mean, there's a lot of things that I have in my mind that I would like that it 
to expand, uh-huh. um, that it could expand, um, if that's what the community wants, uh-huh. and that's what I guess I would have time for or resources for. Um, I want to suggest somebody. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> since some of your classes meet at that conference room for People's Bank yes. in Eighth and New Hampshire, mm-hmm. I suggest former People's Banker Brian Colbert oh, do yeah. a class on snakes. He is a snake charmer. And the reason that I say this is because it comes up periodically that in in conversations, somebody talks about encountering a snake someplace. And the thing is that for those of us who don't know about snakes, it's much more scary than it needs to be. So then Brian could teach a little bit and people could know, these are your friends. Just leave them alone. They're kind of introverts. That's great. I'm sure we can put the pressure on them. We we, all, we actually I, I, we refer to him as the fun boss because right. he's a you know he's a fun guy, nice yeah. guy. Um, <laughs> all right, he's on the he's on the schedule for the fall. <laughs> we love you, Brian. <laughs> yeah, so that's another thing we meet at. We meet at our main location right now is at the classroom in People's Bank at Eighth and New Hampshire. Um, but the idea too is to kind of go around the community to see what other people have to offer. I mean, that one, that space is a little bit limited in what you want to do. So mm-hmm. say if we want to teach a class on how to change a tire, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do that class. Right. right. Um, so there's, there's other options. Um, you know, we used the, the community building. We're partners with them, the, the Parks and Rec Lifelong Recreation. They have a great um, lifelong learning program um, that I think everybody should check out too. Um, so they're geared more towards, I think, 50 and over um, seniors, um, though everybody's welcome. And they have, you know, they have a lot of great interesting classes. Um, same with the Osher Institute at KU. Um, they have a, they're geared toward 50 and over and they have great classes um, also in a, at a pretty low commitment format. Um, it's just three sessions, two hours. Um, so those are, I mean, those are a couple of the examples of things that I'd like to spread and like to also share with people. I mean, the Lawrence Laboratory, we have our, we have our thing, we have our classes that are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but also what I'd like the Lawrence Laboratory to do is kind of become a hub of learning opportunities for people in Lawrence um, because there are great places. It's just that there's, that they're kind of spread out or maybe there's not one single place to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but now with the Lawrence Laboratory, we actually have a, um, a citywide shared calendar that you can also go to. Um, it's just a calendar view, and at any day of the week, you can see what's going on learning-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, Explore Lawrence obviously has some great, a great website with events, but mm-hmm. this is geared towards just um, learning opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that I don't know where I was going with that, but that's I wanted to say that yeah. at some point. So, <laughs> how did you name it, Lawrence Laboratory? Oh, that's a good question, um, Lawrence Laboratory. So, um, I went to education school. Um, I actually went, I got my English degree, um, English literature from KU, and then eventually went to study education policy and foundations, um, which is basically everything to know about education except for really how to teach, um, which is what I wanted. I didn't even know that existed because I was always too afraid to be a teacher. It seemed hard, um, you know, not very well respected as we know we need to change. Um, but this, this program was so enlightening to me. It just, you know, everything from the history of education to sociology, anthropology, um, psychology, um, sociology. It was, it was 
just fantastic. And I think everybody probably should learn that since we spend most of our lives in school. Uh-huh. We trust our, you know, we send our children to schools, but yeah. we really don't know the first thing about education, in my opinion. Um, and that's another place where I'd like the Lawrence Laboratory to eventually end up is um, teaching people what education actually is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at some point, if we get like a curriculum written in school so children start learning what education is so then eventually we could start really shaping what education is have real conversations about education um and well i mean then then we'll get into politics later but you know start it start it from now but but i want to share so i have sons who grew up in lawrence Mm -hmm. and went to lawrence schools Mm -hmm. our younger son would say about high school Every day I go to school is a day I get dumber. (laughs) He ended up choosing Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington, for where he went for undergrad, which is a school in the state of Washington system, Mm -hmm. but it was founded on different principles of education. I don't Mm -hmm. know if if you know or if our listeners really know much about Evergreen, but I say it because it is possible to teach in different ways. And their, their whole, you know, things that people hear about them are, what do you mean they don't assign grades? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they work very individually. Um, there's a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. on the students to form mm-hmm. their own programs and, and learning. And, mm-hmm. and so, like, the first semester, um, and they are, I guess, trimester, the first mm-hmm. trimester, most students enroll in what they call a program that's multidisciplinary around mm-hmm. a theme. And the students have the opportunity to cater to their interests by how much of their credit would go in different areas. And and the result is they have to work really hard and really yeah. independently with obviously contact with their faculty, but they do the, the evaluation, if mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, by conferences with the students and the faculty and there is a written narrative evaluation Mm -hmm. rather than a a letter grade there isn't a lot of actual testing like i don't think there's such a thing as a multiple choice test evergreen yeah you know and and but they might have big research projects in different ways and work experiences and different things and the this um the summer spring when Raph graduated, I had one friend who graduated, had gone back to school to get her MSW at KU. Um, our our uh, daughter-in-law had gone back to school to get a nursing degree at William Jewell. Mm-hmm. And so I went to three college graduations mm-hmm. in, in about a month. To, and it was so interesting because it was clear that what Evergreen is about is teaching people how to learn. Yeah. You know, it's an amazing program. And so, so that gives me hope. And that was founded, I think, in the late '60s, you know, yeah. on on new ideas about right. education. I, I think, I mean, Evergreen, you know, definitely should people should check it out. I mean, it, I think a lot of people would be like, "Oh, that's too out of my, that's too strange." <laughs> but it really is like a good. It's also a good way to learn. There's so many ways to learn, and yeah. really, the way that our school system is set up um, is just antithetical really to everything we know now about how the brain works and yeah. how society works. Um, and there are a lot of good people trying to like figure out how to that because uh-huh. you can't necessarily just scrap the whole thing. Um, but it's going to take a lot bigger effort and like everybody knowing how we learn, how we teach yeah. um, and then how, how we take care of our children that 
you know, have been through trauma or, um, you know, don't have the resources that other more privileged children have. So, uh -huh. um, that's, that's kind of been my background as well as working in education advocacy with, um, children in foster care, um, in Seattle. And then again, in, um, in Brooklyn with, um, homeless families. So uh -huh. yeah, it's really obvious when you work in that sort of population as well. Um, but I don't think it takes just doing that. You know, a kid like your son, you just go to school and be like, I'm, you know, <laughs> I could be, I, I could be using my time a lot better, um, in a lot better ways. And, you know, I would say it's not the teacher's fault either. The teachers are awesome. Yeah. But, you know, let's just figure it out. The systems aren't <laughs> quite set up the way that they might be better serving people now, yeah. you know, yeah. And I don't have the answers place. to that. I just yeah. know that, you know, if we all work together. Yeah. We can figure it out. So how did you decide that you would take on this thing of creating what you call now the Lawrence Laboratory? I mean, how did you, like, that's a huge commitment. Yeah. Okay. The Lawrence Laboratory. Yes. I will. I'm going to answer that, but I, I forgot okay. to answer your first question was how I named it. Uh -huh. Okay. So I went oh, to yeah. education school. Um, <laughs> and, then, right, and then one of my, and then one of my, uh, the people that I studied was John Dewey. Um, and I really took to his philosophy and he's a progressive educator. Um, and he would set up in Chicago, something called laboratory schools. And his big thing was, um, experience is the way that we learn mm -hmm. much better, um, than just sitting and, and listening and reciting and it's called banking. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I just kind of, that was kind of a nod to him. And then also I really would, um, like things to be very interactive as hands-on as possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's other educators that have um, obviously come to the same conclusions like Montessori and mm -hmm. um, people like that. So that's how, that's how I kind of got the name. Thank and I'm you glad that you, me. and I'm glad that you answer, <laughs> asked that because nobody, I mean, sometimes people ask that, but it's kind of a nerdy answer. So I don't really go into it, but um, anyway, that's my kind of uh, nerdy educator on you. That's what yeah. Um, <laughs> but why? I think the next question was why I decided to do this. Um, like I said, I I moved back to Lawrence about a year and a half ago. I have little girls, um, and I didn't want to commit to. I wanted to have some flexibility, mm -hmm. um, and so I didn't want to commit to another job right now. And I really honestly didn't even know what was going on in town. I mean, it's been so long since I've been here. I, um, since I've lived here, I mean, I was 21. And so even if I was knew what was going on, it's, you know, different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I, I came back and visited a lot, but um, I just wanted to see all the neat things that were going on. And I really thought that this was kind of almost a selfish way to be, oh, okay, let's collect all this stuff and see what's going on. And then, um, so that's, and yeah, so, uh, okay. So also though, there's this place in Brooklyn that when I was living in New York City, it's called the Brooklyn Brainery. Um, and they have a model that's pretty similar to this. So you take it, you know, the, the kind of one-off class, um, a range of subjects. Um, and so I took a class there on how to make um, a flip book, like a cartoon flip book with my friend. Uh -huh. And I just thought it was a great thing to do. I mean, it was social. Um, it was productive, it was creative, uh -huh. and it was it didn't really take any time for me to do it. Um, and so just for me, that sort of um, format <laughs> worked the best. Um, and so I thought, I'm sure other people would like that too. And, uh -huh. um, you know, and they're, they're not necessarily unique um, in the way that this is kind of like a folk school. I mean, folk schools have been around um, for a really long time. Um, in the United States and other places. Um, 
I mean, I know Singapore, Singapore's um, national government sponsors a school like this. Um, Cuba has a lot of, um, I mean, just classes um, in, in neighborhoods every night for people on different variety of things. So, um, yeah, so it's just kind of that idea, again, about you can learn in a lot of different ways um, and you can learn from people um, that maybe you don't, you know, uh, are not, quote unquote, they're not smarter than you, but they do know something. They're an expert mm-hmm. in what they, they're expert in what they do, or they just they really have a passion and they know how to teach it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's I, I thought Lawrence is a great place. I mean, Lawrence has um, again a lot of really interesting people um, from let's see a, a little more urban to rural, um, a range of ethnicities and incomes, and um, and then it's really highly educated because of the university and our, we have a great schools here. Mm-hmm. Um, so learning is just kind of in the fabric of Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't, I don't know if it would necessarily work everywhere, um, but Lawrence is a great place to, to try it and to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting because things happen at different times and they aren't the same as mm-hmm. when that similar thing happened long ago. But mm-hmm. I know that when you mentioned what you were doing at the Lawrence Arts Roundtable, mm-hmm. um, Beth Schultz yeah. timed up with, you know, well, there was this thing that yeah. we did in Lawrence in the 60s and 70s, you know. Yeah. Have you guys had it was a really cool. I, I emailed her, but I wonder sometimes I think my emails go into junk boxes. So check your junk box. <laughs> Sign up for a Lawrence Laboratory email list. <laughs> Especially if you work at KU, um, but no, that was that. I mean, that's fascinating to me. Yeah, I mean, it's. I can't remember if this one was free university or community because both of those were around. Right, and community university, the one at UMKC. Okay. Yeah. So um, I don't know if any of your listeners, maybe they would have taken a class there. I think community university has been there for like forty years. Um, Does it still exist? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So, um, and I hope to go talk to them soon. Uh huh. Um, but I mean, it's it's just it really it's just a really fun way to learn, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and the goal is, hopefully, I would like to see a whole bunch of different types of people in the classes, uh-huh. and everybody feel comfortable to come. Uh-huh. Um, and and really, the whole thing, you know, if you look at the class offerings, I'd love it to be like a kind of a cultural cross cross section of Lawrence, and mm-hmm. say, okay, here's all the things that kind of that we value and our people value in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how, at this point, have your teachers found you? That's a good question. I mean, I think I feel at first that I was pulling teeth from my friends to be like, Carly, <laughs> you know something, come teach. But um, that's the most surprising part is that I've uh, these people have just found me either through a friend or through Facebook or they've come to a class and said, oh, okay, I, want, I would like, I can do this. I can teach something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can give you a few examples. I mean, we had... Um, Oh, uh, a woman who is a young mom just like me. Um, her name is uh, Shu Yen. She moved from Singapore about a year and a half ago, just like me as well. Uh-huh. Um, well, I'm not from Singapore, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So she came, and she, you know, she feels like her her child is in a place now that she'd like to, you know, get involved in other things, uh-huh. and she she wants to know a little bit more about the community and get involved. And she um, really likes to cook. Her background's actually in. Um, banking and marketing and, and um, foundation work. Um, but this is, she's like, oh, this would be the great place. I love to cook. I don't really know how to do it. You know, the Merck has a little bit of a different, um, uh, well, that, a different, um, I don't know, setup. 
Um, so she outreached to them and they referred her to me because we're also partners with the Merck and they do great classes. Um, and so um, she taught a she taught a class on um, how to make Chinese dumplings and she cool. she did great and you know she taught a little bit about her culture and why they make dumplings. Um, and so we got together. So that was one of the teachers. Um, let's see, Paul Van Cleve. Um, he started um, a business called Imbibe Jams about a year ago. He's at the Lawrence Farmer's Market. So he makes um, jam and jelly from wine and beer. Uh, yeah, and all different sorts of flavors. So they have like mimosa flavor um, or like an IPA flavor of jam. Um, and you can get it at the new store, the kitchen store, Delaney and Lowe's, I think downtown. And also he'll be at the farmer's market. But so he wanted to use the opportunity um, maybe to, to market for that. So he taught a class on how to make um, jelly from wine. So just like a really basic, you know, a really basic one. So do you have a kitchen that you get to use? That No, that's, that's, that's one of the drawbacks of that space. Um, we've brought in a couple of like burners, electric burners and hot pots. Um, although we've talked with um, the 4-H fairgrounds, they have, they're, they're really nice and uh, another one of our partners um, and they have a kitchen that we can use if it ever becomes like a bigger a bigger thing. Um, Maybe another partner would be also some of the faith communities that have meeting rooms. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Yeah, that makes me think because I I do um, each year for International Survivors of Suicide Loss mm -hmm. Day, we do a community workshop and the space that we've used a lot because the church is so supportive is the First United Mm -hmm. and they have this wonderful fellowship room that mm -hmm. has a little kitchen right there. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's exactly too what I would like. I mean, I'm just these connections that people yeah. make. Um, I know Sunrise Project is going to start. They're going to they're renovating the old uh, Pensa Sunrise Greenhouse, mm -hmm. um, so they'll have a community kitchen. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd love it to just people get out in the community to know what else there is. I think that's one of the thoughts that I was saying at the beginning mm -hmm. of the thing. So how we worked with the community building, but also let's see, we're having a hosting a how to build a perfect fire class, and we're doing it at Bon Bon, the new restaurant. Um, <laughs> yeah. How to build a fire at a restaurant? Yeah, yeah. So they have. I mean, they have this great. It's kind of a mixed message there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So they have. They have a great. I don't know if anybody's been out there yet, but they have a great space. Um, you know, they renovated an old historic building, and they have a patio, and they have they have some fire pits, <laughs> and they have a garden that we're actually going to do it in. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. So. Yeah. Yeah, just a way to kind of mix yeah. up, make collaborations. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like it'd be great to have some things on the Haskell campus if people there exactly. want to teach. And, yeah. Yeah, we went to. I've yeah. talked um, with the Haskell Cultural um, Center Museum, uh -huh. um, and they do a few classes every once in a while, like uh -huh. on beading or something like that. So uh -huh. I just I think at this point it's just kind of keeping in touch with people and bugging them, which is not my my background, not my strength. <laughs> um, you know, the marketing piece has really probably been the hardest part for me um, because I really just, I mean, my background's in nonprofit and education yeah. and social work. So, you know, kind of doing the self-promotion. And yeah. Although at this point, I'm actually really finding it's the easiest thing is it's really not self-promotion. It's, it's really sh wanting to showcase these teachers and wanting people to come listen to what they have to say. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. But it's a lot of work. That part is a lot of work, <laughs> yes. and it is probably one of the more stressful parts. But I don't want this to be a stressful project for me or anyone. Yeah. So 
uh, I have to just, you know, do some breathing or something yeah. when it comes around yeah. that. And just, I guess, just be really open and transparent that this is a new, I mean, it is a new project. Uh -huh. It's not um, I, I really, I mean, I, I think we've been running really smoothly, but there's still going to be some things yeah. that are unexpected coming up. So are you set up, is the Lawrence Laboratory set up at this point to have any like financial supporters? No, no, not at all. Um, which is going to be the big question, really is the big question of the year mm -hmm. um, or two years. I'm, I'm actually putting a, a two years thing on it. Um, we're not a nonprofit. We're not a corporation. Um, so I just wanted to see one, what the interest in the community is. Um, my husband's background is really a social worker and community organizing. Mm -hmm. um, and he's taught me a lot about um, you know, not forcing things from the top up and seeing what people want to do and really having, having it a, to be a community program and see what, what the, I don't know, people are asking for and people want. Um, so that's where I'd like to start, just kind of at that that level. Um, and then I have no idea where to go from there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't particularly want to be another nonprofit that's raising money, um, mm -hmm. though that might have to be the way it works because, as it turns out, education is not probably something that's super sustainable on its own. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I don't know, but there's uh, there could be other ways to do it, partnerships or, um, I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Okay. Well, we're going to leave it at that at this moment. So um, we're going to take a quick break. I was thinking if you had a, like, this is how you donate, then we would plug Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. so we will keep <laughs> watching what's going on with Lawrence Laboratory. We are going to take a quick break here from some of the sponsors of Lawrence6.com. And then we will be back with more about the Lawrence Laboratory and just a little nudge about, and yes, this is National Poetry Month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I always take this break time to thank Daniel Smith, who produces the show. Um, it's, it's a great gift to the community that becomes a large community, since this is online, um, to have these shows available. So thank you, Daniel. And we will be right back with more Talk With Me. So we are back with Talk With Me and talking about the Lawrence Laboratory with Katie Winter. And so we're hoping that some of the listeners who are in this area will go, oh man, I would love to get together with a group of people and help them get excited about this thing that I'm excited in, whatever that thing is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've, you know, we've had a, a big group of people from Topeka come down uh -huh. um, and we've had some people from Kansas City uh -huh. come over as well. Uh -huh. um, we actually have our first um, our first student, I guess we could call him, um, who uh, has signed up for seven classes. So wow. we're starting a frequent flyer card now because of her. So if you cool. buy five, you know, if you come to five, you can get one for free. So <laughs> and become a, a member of something called the Learning Consortium. We'll we'll figure that stuff out. But yeah, so when I, you know, when you list her classes that she's done, I mean. Um, it's really eclectic and, you uh -huh. know, circus arts, calligraphy, homebrewing, that sort of thing. So, uh -huh. you know, she's going to have a lot of little bits of information in her head. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And, you know, when you were talking about things, I was thinking, well, you know, again, part of it is getting the word out for people to participate as well as people to teach. Mm -hmm. And and that dilemma about, I mean, it, it does take a lot of your time. And at some point there's got to be some compensation to make that doable. Mm -hmm. Um, and sort of what that will look like in the future. Mm -hmm. Do you teach any class ever? Yeah, I've taught. I taught the first class, which was embroidery, oh. and I will be teaching how to make a pinata class. Fun. 
May 3rd. <laughs> so um, I, I, again, disclaimer, I'm not a professional pinata maker. <laughs> um, but... I but do. You can try this at I home. Do, you can try this at home. This is something that you can do. If I can do it, you can do it. I think I could break it down for you to uh-huh. show you how to do it. Uh huh. Fine. So, yeah. <laughs> Have you done this with your daughters or for your daughters? The pinata? Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. Yep. Did it, did it for them. Um, although it's a little delicate for them. So I, I tend to get a little proprietary about my craft projects around my, <laughs> around my kids, which is, I guess, a learning experience for me. <laughs> did, they have a, did you have a certain one in mind that you wanted to do that got you to make pinatas? Actually, yes. Uh, the restaurant in Bon Bon that I was talking about, uh-huh. they're, um, they're opening and I did one um, for their opening, I guess, of their logo. Uh-huh. It started because I wanted to do a Donald Trump one, but I didn't have enough time. <laughs> she really wanted the answer, so then I changed it to a logo. In my in my getting to work with people all over the country and more for this show, uh, I have somebody who is a writer who I've really loved connecting with. Her name is Zarina Zabriskie. Mm-hmm. She's in San Francisco. She's a writer and a performance artist. She also is Russian-born. She's mm-hmm. an American citizen now, but Russian-born has a lot of commentary on what's going on here, um, things that we need to know based on how things really work in Russia. Mm-hmm. But separate from that, what, what made me connect to her at that moment was in performance art for a while, they have these um, heads that they use like... Um, I don't know. I mean, they're they're way bigger than life. There, there's kind of that pinata. The part big, the yes, the yes. big head project. And and there's our Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> so you can just imagine where that goes. Yeah. You say it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's some video though. <laughs> I feel like Lawrence would be a good community for those big head things. <laughs> so maybe that maybe maybe you would decide at some point that that's the the pinata class you want to teach. That's or right. Somebody else might say, Hey, I want to do that one. Yeah, we have so many people with you know. There's so much interest. I think about a group, and I don't know whether you know about this, but I but I'd like to mention it um, in various conversations on the show. This thing that's a national people's movement called the U.S. Department of Arts and Culture, mm-hmm. and you've heard Kate Denine mm-hmm. and maybe me say a little bit about it at Lawrence Arts Roundtable. Lots of people involved with that would have cool things that, that yeah. they could teach. And I realize that some people create and aren't necessarily good at helping other people learn how to create. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm pretty sure there's some people there that could. Yeah, could no, that would be a great. I, again, like when I started this, I started with going to the places that already do mm-hmm. education in Lawrence because uh-huh. I didn't want to duplicate services. Uh-huh. Um, and I just wanted to kind of get the feel for what was going on. Um, and that, like, just starting at the Art Center in the Spencer really is where I started. And mm-hmm. there's, like, okay, go here, go there. And, yeah. like, I mean, just, I mean, that's really how I found out about you as well. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, if anybody has any suggestions, I mean, definitely open to everything, yeah. <laughs> you know. But but it's really great when they help make it happen rather than yeah. saying, okay, you could do this. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> so if you want me to contact Brian Culver, I would gladly there do that. There you go. But... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Snakes. <laughs> Snakes is on. Well, you're helping right now. You're uh, one talking about it, talking it out, and then also talking broadcasting it, it out. But but it's an interesting thing because people are really good at uh, sort of saying you should do this. Mm-hmm. As I was I was reflecting on my my last my last 
last night for me mm. and how I was on the computer way late, which is not uncommon, unfortunately. And I was like, what, what is it that's taking me so long? Well, what's taking me so long is I had three people that asked about things that to me are really big issues mm -hmm. that, that families, that individual families involved need help with. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't feel comfortable not responding yeah. thoroughly. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so suddenly it's like, okay, it's one o'clock, one thirty. probably should get off the computer. Yeah. <laughs> but I want, it's like, I, if I don't do it, then it's going to be the next day and everything gets bumped farther out. And so, and yeah, that's the double-edged sword of technology. Yeah. And that reminder that people are really good about asking mm -hmm. us to do things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then now that you have technology, you get, uh, you get asked more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you can help, and you can help more. But, you know. but sometimes you need those people who ask to offer help. That's what I'm saying. Ah, that's so Yeah, I think, too, I mean, one thing I also want people to think about, and this is through my own experience, is that teaching, you know, a lot of people, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. And, and this is definitely not pressuring anybody to teach, but, like, you know, some people that you should give it a try. You know, you might you might really like it. It's so much easier when you're talking about something that you like. Yes. Um, and to a group of people that are interested and yeah. want to be there and ask questions. And yeah. So ideas. it's really been a lot of fun for me to kind of get into teaching um, in this way. Uh -huh. You know, and kind of build my confidence up a little bit like uh -huh. that. So. So do you have a class coming up that you'll be doing in addition to pinatas? There's just one class at a time. I'm thinking about this. Uh, no, that's 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 the only class because we're going to break for the summer. So that's <laughs> oh, yeah. So okay. hence the flexibility part. So summer will give time for for percolating ideas. Yeah, and we're hopefully working on some of those other um, kind of ideas that I've talked about that I want to do and um, trying to make it a sustainable project. Mm -hmm. um, if it's not, yeah. and if it only lasts a year or two, then then that's great. I feel like I um, did something that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, if so, then I have a lot of good ideas. If not, there's a lot of great people in Lawrence that yeah. you know a lot of good work to be done still. So just because you mentioned there's a summer break for people who might want to take a class, what's your guess about when the break will be? So they need to get involved. Oh in yes, the break will probably be in June. Um, we've got classes scheduled up through May at this point. Um, okay. And if you, you know, one thing I didn't say is that our website, and, and you might put this mm -hmm. on otherwise, but our website is um, thelawrencelab.com. Um, and you can just buy, you can buy classes from there. It's just like a, you know, a shopping cart online, or you can just email us at info at thelawrencelab.com. Um, but no classes in June. No classes in June, no classes in July. Okay. Um might start back up in August or, you know, at the very, at least the beginning of September. So kind of after school start again and mm -hmm. Lawrence is likely when we'll do that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's another project, there's another collaboration that um, I'm excited about that I should mention um, that we will probably do for sure um, during the summertime um, is with the Lawrence Creates Makerspace. Uh -huh. um, we're starting a fix-it club. So this is also kind of a national, almost a worldwide movement, really. Um, where let's say that there's like an open house, you know, we're going to do it at the Lawrence Crates Maker Space. So two hours on a Saturday, um, um, once a month, maybe, maybe once a quarter, I'm not sure what it's going to be, um, where we'll have volunteers sitting at tables and people can bring in their broken, broken items. So if you have a, you know, let's see, a broken toaster that you don't know what to do with or <laughs> holes in your clothes or um, stuff like that. So the idea behind that is 
um, sustainability, um, you know, not contributing to more consumerism and trash and mm -hmm. stuff in landfills. Um, and then also the education piece of learning how to fix things again. So getting, getting back that sort of knowledge. Um, so the volunteers are there to, to show us how to, to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so you'll be able to fix it. Um, so another, this, this brings me to another example of what is, is so cool, um, to me about finding some of these teachers. Um, I got a call from a guy named Mike, um, who wants to start his kind of own business. It's an education business. He's, you know, he does work at roof shops and he knows everything about, you know, electricity and all that stuff, um, that I don't know anything about. Um, it's he, magic. Yeah. Right. So he was, you know, so his idea is he would like to become, uh, you know, a handyman, but not just a handyman, you know, that goes in and fixes, you know, people's stuff in their house, but he'll go in and he'll actually show you how to do it. So if you have a problem with your hot water heater, he'll show you, Hey, this is how you do it. Um, so it's, again, it's like that kind of sustainability thing. You don't always have to rely on someone else. You can be, uh -huh. be self-reliant. Um, and you know, he was explaining that his education and I, he never got a high school degree or anything. He's really just self-taught. Um, and so the example of, you know, you don't have to be schooled and or educated in a really traditional way to be able to teach and to be able to tell people stuff. And I think he's a really cool example. Um, and so we're going to have him, obviously he's going to help with the fix it club. So yeah, cool. come check that out. Well, we haven't announced anything yet. We're still actually just looking for people to come fill the tables and we're going to work on all that stuff. It's just in the beginning stages, but that should be pretty fun. What kinds of things will be included will be dependent on which fixers volunteer. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But you know, I, I guess the only rules at this point are you have to be able to carry it. So I guess, I guess <laughs> good. stump the chump. No, no hauling uh, with a trailer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It might be bigger than a bed, bread box, but you must be able to carry it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So, so there's that good environmental thing that we yeah. reuse as opposed to. Yeah. And they, and they, you know, that's another example of a, um, an organization in Lawrence that's new since I've, you know, I've been back and, yeah. um, a lot about, um, community development and they want to start more education classes and they have a great space for it. And, yeah. Makerspace is really cool. Yeah. When I first learned about it, I'd learned, actually I learned from Daniel Smith, who's the producer of the show. Mm -hmm. And I can't even remember why we were talking about it. And it was this serendipity that I learned about it from Daniel and then um, a, a young friend moved back to Lawrence mm -hmm. after getting his degree in Milwaukee at the School of Design. Um, and he was like a lot of recent college graduates and a lot of artists working a low paying job that had nothing to do with his art and therefore mm -hmm. had a small living space without room for his art, which is big paintings. Uh -huh. And so I was able to say, hey, you know, there's oh, yeah. this very cool thing going on in Lawrence and you pay a small amount and yeah. you have 24 hour access to people and space and equipment that's there. And, you know, and it was, it's been fun to kind of get to know that space and some of the people there. Yeah. It's really, it's really yeah. great. I'm excited to, I'm excited to work with them. Yeah. 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 That's really, really cool. Yeah. For people who don't know, there is a Lawrence Creates Makerspace website and Facebook, and they are kind of hidden at Ninth in New Jersey because Ninth in New York area, because they're set. That's a, an interesting corner yeah. there. It's kind of a little bit sloped enough that you can't see what's back mm -hmm. there. You I looked for it a few times. Right on Ninth okay. Street, but you don't see it until you 
go up this little slopey driveway and it's like, oh, if I keep going, I'll run right into yep. the building. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's pretty big too, yeah, as it turns out. <laughs> so, so just another reminder about cool stuff in Lawrence. And, and Makerspace, I give a huge shout out also because they have housed the last two years this event that we do on World Suicide Prevention Day mm -hmm. called Word Save Lives. And it's, it's been a great place to bring people together Word Save Lives is on September 10th each year with music and comedy and storytelling, poetry, lots of different people getting together. It's very cool. So I greatly appreciate Lawrence Gates Makerspace for a lot of different reasons. Which lets me kind of segue a little bit into, you said you were thinking about how it was National Poetry Month. And, mm -hmm. and gosh, if we'd been on top of it, we probably could have had some class in April Mm. Um, so that'll be for next year, next year, making sure that that we get to get some of our amazing poets in town to do something, uh, whether it's about physically creating books. Um, Megan McHenry, who's who's a poet and friend, showed this very interesting thing where with a little with a eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, something like that, you can fold it in a way that makes a little book without needing anything to connect it. It has to do with folds and a couple mm -hmm. cuts. And so then you have this this little book that's like it's the eighth size of the piece of yeah. paper. And it has, I can't remember, maybe it has eight pages. And, you know, so it's like, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be great. But, but you said you have an interest in poetry too. I do because it links so much to my social work uh -huh. that, that poetry is another kind of communication. And yeah. creating poetry is another way that people sometimes clarify some of the things that are going on for them and that often other people have in common. Um, so that's that's what got me yeah. to go, oh, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? I think, I think that's exactly why I would say that I, I like it too. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, I, I studied it in school uh -huh. um, and I really, I, I liked it. But I think as far as me writing my own poetry, which I, I don't anymore, um, and I don't know, I was trying to think last night doing research on myself about why I, why I wouldn't do that anymore, but it was definitely, um, during times of more turmoil for me, um, <laughs> that I, I wrote and it made things a little more clear and, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't necessarily to share with anybody else, but to just kind of sort things out for myself. Um, but then I do, I mean, I have a, a big interest in poetry, just also aside from that, you know, reading it. And then I, um, taught it or helped teach through um, um, some of my jobs in, mm -hmm. that I've had. And, and one was in Seattle where I worked with kids in foster care. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, I mean, it's a, it's a great experience. Yeah. And it's an important, it's another learning thing. I mean, they're like, as an example, I know um, poets, Brian Daldorf and Iris Craver are two who've worked in the local Douglas County jail teaching poetry to people who are incarcerated. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that came to my attention was when um, Sue Edgerton, who's a poet in Topeka, came down to Lawrence um, to, to kind of get a feel for a space we were using that year for Lawrence Buskerfaust for mm -hmm. poetry. Mm -hmm. And this this man, I was sitting with with uh, Sue on one of those benches and she had a free poetry sign and she had her harmonica that she was playing to get people to notice. It was great. Yeah. And this guy comes up and he's got, you know, he's carrying a lot of stuff. So, so 
there's a certain size of backpack. It's like when people are carrying that much stuff, then probably currently they're experiencing homelessness. Mm -hmm. You know, well, he sat down and he said, I have something I want to show you guys. I want to share with you guys. And we're thinking, you know, this guy who, you know, has, you know, probably doesn't have a home mm -hmm. right now. And who knows what he's, he's stopping because he wants to share with us. Mm -hmm. And this is really interesting. He's digging through mm -hmm. this backpack and then he pulls out these papers and he starts talking to us about poetry, mm -hmm. how he learned to write poetry. Mm -hmm. And he told us a little bit about why he'd been in the jail and how it was like the poetry fueled him in such a way that he had this optimism about being able to make things work, mm -hmm. you know, even though he'd been released on a Friday afternoon and didn't have a place to stay and mm -hmm. had, had, you know, all these challenges. But, but the idea that he could, he could share his words and he'd been with this group of people doing this really meant so much to him. Yeah, and then he came back for the time at the Busker Fest. And although he didn't want to take the mic himself, he he asked somebody mm -hmm. else to read some of his poetry, which was so cool. Yeah. So you know, I, I love that that learning part. That you know, I, and I and I know people in Kansas City who similarly, you know, like you were saying, working with foster kids, and there are people working in in youth and adult corrections who bring mm -hmm. the the teaching of poetry to people. Yeah, yeah. and I I think what I've learned even too was like. You know, I, I could teach people what a simile is or metaphor, but like a lot of these kids all poets in them, you uh -huh. know, and just need some sort of like community to share it with or uh -huh. somebody to like, you know, that out of them or just, you know, be open to saying, I do, I'm really interested in what you have to say. Like, I would love to listen to what you have to say because yeah. I wouldn't say that I necessarily taught anybody in poetry, but I would, I received a lot of great poems uh -huh. um, during the times yeah. that we were together. Yeah. So we'll call this a learning opportunity. There are lots of things going on in Lawrence and Kansas City and Topeka during National Poetry Month. And some of those are posted on a Facebook page called Voice of Lawrence Poetry. Um, there's a Speakeasy Poets page that has lots of stuff. Kansas Open Mic Poets. There are lots of cool things going on. And you might be surprised at the way that you enjoy what you experience, you may be ready to be at the mic at an open mic. And the the as this show premieres on Wednesday from five to six uh, at lawrencehits.com online, um, Wednesday the 5th in Topeka, the Speakeasy Poets have an open mic at Bunker Coffee House. Mm -hmm. And um, the group KU Spectrum is hosting an open mic at Raven Bookstore here cool. in Lawrence. So you could listen to this show and then at 7.30, go right over to Raven Bookstore and experience that open mic and maybe be part of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the participation part that's that's a huge part of the learning, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, that's, that's what you guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you want to share a favorite? Well, I, I do. I brought a poem. Okay. That if we had time, we I had would time. read. Um, yeah. But I, this is kind of... Uh, I think I should probably like uh, preface how this came about too. So it's it similar to your story. Uh, I was working in Seattle um, and we were, you know, we had an after school program and one of the things that we were going to do is, uh, you know, teach people how to uh, teach the kids how to write poetry. So we had, I think anywhere from like eighth graders up to 18 year olds, or, I mean, sorry, eight year olds to 18 year olds. Um, and so I was in the room kind of doing some worksheets with, you know, some kids, you know, pick a color. What do you like? What is, you know, sand feel like to you? Um, and then in comes this really tall kid 
um, with a black hoodie on, hood over his head, um, just wouldn't look anybody in the eye, which of course is not uncommon um, for any teenagers. But, you know, he just sits, sits down and is like, okay, this is an interesting kid. I wonder, you know, mm-hmm. just seemed to walk in here by himself. Um, and so he sat right down, you know, didn't want any worksheets or anything, and just took out his own piece of paper and just started writing. I mean, nobody, as far as I know, nobody had ever spoken to him, you know, about what poetry might be. So anyway, this is the poem that he wrote. And again, I want to, I want to, these are kids in foster care. um, And this is, you know, this is a difficult story. So anyway, I will do my best to try to read it clearly, but also um, it's in his handwriting. So if I stumble, um, there could be a couple reasons for that. So this is broken up into headings, um, five years old, eight years old, 10 years old, 11 years old, and 12 years old. Um, So I will start now. All right, five years old. Moving from apartment to apartment with my sister and mom. I get used to it so much that I like it. Six years old. Me, my sister, my mom standing in the rain at a phone booth. I hear my mom say she can't take care of my sister and me anymore. I thought it meant that we weren't going to eat that night. I was hungry. I didn't know any better. Eight years old. By now, I've lived with everybody in my family. I get used to it so much that I don't like it. My family is mean to me, and they send me to bed without, with no dinner. I get yelled at a lot, sometimes beat. But I'm used to it, as long as my sister is with me. Ten years old. My sister is not with me. She's just eight. Don't know where she went. It's raining. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I just got finished getting beat. I'm so used to it that I don't cry anymore. I see my window wide open. I go out, grab my cousin's bike, and ride. I decide to spend the night at the park so I won't get beat again. 11 years old. They tell me and my sister we're going to a different home, these men in blue. I think I'm going to go with more of of family, but they take us to this place that is none of my family. This lady is a different color than me and my sister. She takes me and my sister into the room to get beat. I'm used to it. And so she beats me more and I, until I finally cry. 12 years old. They took my sister, those men in blue again. They took the only family I had. I feel something squeeze my heart. One tear falls down my cheek. Those men in blue take me to another home, but this time the lady doesn't beat me. Instead, she loves me. I wasn't expecting all that when I read it last night. So it's hard to hear that that's yeah. this, this child's life. And not only that one child. Yeah. yeah. He's such a sweet, resilient kid, you know, yeah. in, in a package that people would, uh, you know, yeah. clearly discriminate against. So he um, gave you that poem. Yeah. Did did he say anything about it, or we just nothing? He just give it. He just gave it, and yeah, never really talked about it. I mean, to talk about his life, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, he ended up doing really well in school. The lady that he ended up living with was really supportive and really great. Um, So there's, I know, I don't have any idea where he is now. You know, Mm -hmm. so I mean, I have every reason to believe that, you know, um, you know, his resilience has has helped him, and and his new family has helped him along Mm -hmm. the way. Um, I should also mention too, I'm, I'm, you know, the, the shelter here in Lawrence does a lot of work for kids in foster care. So Mm -hmm. if anybody 
you know, check that out, support them. They're in the midst of a big move yeah. to offices. So, yeah. yeah. And there's a great program, this name I can't come up with at this moment. I'll look for it for the post. Um, that a woman and one started for kids who were getting older than the foster care system, but still mm. need support yeah. and guidance. Yeah, yeah, you know? the transition transition age. That's yeah. big. That's a big. And I can't. I, I gap. Find. She 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 was one of those wonderful brave women who was part of the transformations pageant one year, where people do this wild thing of being paired with a mm-hmm. drag queen to be a contestant and performer to win money for a charity. And so I, I, I will come up with her name and this information for people who need it. So, so this kind of brings things all together yeah. about how, you know, there's learning, there's participating, there's the benefit mm-hmm. of connecting just even in just connecting in classes yeah. and, and recognizing gifts that people have that aren't necessarily ones learned through formal education yeah. that give them credentials that everybody recognizes and it, and it reminds me of something we do in USDAC with the uh, people state of the union um, we have story circles and in story circles everybody listens to each person everybody mm-hmm. is valued in the same mm-hmm. way and that's what I hear you saying about your teaching with your teachers at the Lawrence laboratory that mm-hmm. Everybody who has a gift that they want to share can do that. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're vetted by, you know, what their experience mm-hmm. is. You know, it's it's yeah. an interest and yeah. a willingness to do this that, that gives them the opportunity to be in front of some other people and work together for people to learn whatever that is. Yep. And so That's far, cool. so good. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. And the more people who offer classes, the better. More people who participate in classes, the yeah, better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, more diversity of classes and participants and teachers, the better. So yeah. everybody should know they're welcome. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Should I, should I say some of the classes that are coming up sure. that we have? Okay. Sure. All right. So these might be your last chance to get some of these classes um, until, ne- until the fall. So this week we have reflexology. Um, we also, and we have a wellness class that's taught um, by a certified Mayo Clinic um, wellness coach at the hospital. So we're partnering with the hospital. Um, we're also partnering with Yankee Tank Brewing to do a homebrew class, one-on-one. Um, <laughs> you could be healthy, you could drink beer. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, man, there's, a, there's a, a class on how to declutter. Um, taught by a, you know, a, a woman who's a social worker who's had experience for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, a pop-up, a paper pop-ups and structures class taught by a local artist here. Uh, the pinata class, obviously. Um, no need bread, how to make no need bread. Um, let's see, easy fermentation, how to build a fire. And then we might, um, Torian, who's been a guest on your show, might uh-huh. do a Shakespeare class and uh-huh. we might have a, a how to raise outdoor chickens um, in your own <laughs> backyard. better than indoor chickens. That, right, exactly. <laughs> so um, check it out. You can go to our website, and we'd love to have you. And the website is thelawrencelab.com? Yes. Cool. Yes. We're also on Facebook yeah. at the Lawrence Laboratory. Yeah. So. so check it out. Participate. Be part of your community. And during April, it's National Poetry Month. Go experience it. Thank you for <laughs> listening. Thank you for being here, Katie. This yeah, thanks, Marcia. <laughs> I'm so long. <laughs>